Um, uh, good evening. Today is um, April 6, 2022, and we are studying, studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is A Vision for You, and our speaker tonight is Terry. Thank you, Terry. Hi, everyone. Uh, yes, I am Terry. I'm a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And um, I'm so happy to be with you folks tonight. I, I, and I always do Zoom from my phone. So I have no idea how many you folks that means. So right now it will be four until, until I kind of get an inkling of that. But um, it's just so nice to, uh, to be talking about this chapter. Um, this is the first time I was ever asked to talk about, about this particular chapter. And I mean, even though it has obviously some very profound prayers and directions in it, um, I really appreciate the opportunity that Amy um, gave me in, in kind of really reflecting on this and talking about it tonight. So um, I guess, I, I didn't see anything that said to qualify. So I'm going to, I'm going to weave in the qualifications as I talk about this chapter. Um, my history in Overeaters Anonymous dates, it goes back 30 years. So um, I'm proud to be a member of, of Overeaters Anonymous for that long. And um, I'm proud to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous, but I am overjoyed at my life today. You know, um, it's not perfect. It's not, it, it's not free of problems. Um, and especially when I get out of self-reliance and rely on God, it's even better. <laughs> you know, it's even better. So um, I think I'm going to start right in the book. So I started thinking about, you know, this is the last chapter and I, I happen to study a lot from the short version of the book. So I never really have, I read the stories, but I don't always have them with me. So, you know, this is an, for all intents and purposes, the last chapter in the book that, that I carry around the most. And, um, I just started thinking, of, maybe it's the poet in me, but I started thinking about the beginning of the book, the very first few pages of the book. And, you know, I learned about the circle and triangle and I, I don't know, I know that's not in the book anymore as it's printed because there was some copy for, copyright um, disputes and, the, and they took it out of the book in the 90s. But um, the circle and the triangle um, means a lot more to me today than it did before I learned about it. And what I know about the circle and the triangle is you know, it's a spiritual, it's, a, it's an ancient symbol of mind, body, and spirit. But when AA adopted it, it was for also for mind, body, and spirit. Um, so our mind being our recovery, you know, working the steps, um, our spirit being the service aspect of the triangle, and the body being the fellowship. And I think about what this chapter is saying and about the fact that when this chapter was written in 1939 and all of the directions were given before it. And I happen to agree with the idea that every chapter after working with others is really about practicing these principles in all our affairs. It's kind of the rest, you know, a, a, a kind of an encouragement about what step 12 really means. So, um, so one of the things I, that's always humbling 
for me is on page 153 in this chapter when it says, our hope is that when this chip of a book is launched on the world tide of alcoholism, defeated drinkers will seize upon it to follow its suggestions. And, you know, that just brings me in, and I've always been grateful for this to the fact that in 1939, this book came about with the hope that you and I would be sitting here today. And I just think that is just, it's just um, a, mir a miracle, you know, it's a miracle. And, you know, because that was the idea. They didn't have the technology that we had. And this book was because they were excited about what they had found. They wanted to offer it to other alcoholics. And in that day and time, this was the best means of trying to communicate that. And, you know, the, the humility when I know that it was written, this chip of a book, and we all think of it today quite not as a chip, quite as a, a giant golden nugget is um, it was launched on the world and the tide reached other addicts. The tide reached alcoholics, it reached drug addicts, gamblers, sex addicts, food addicts, alanonics, you know, it reached us all. And we seize upon it. That's the purpose of this meeting, right? It's the purpose of this meeting to follow its suggestions. Again, very humbling, its suggestions. But it continues by, by saying they will approach still other sick ones. This is the hope that they will approach still other sick ones and fellowships of Overeaters Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever anonymous program, you know, we care to talk about will spring up everywhere so those people can find a way out. And that paragraph to me is really what this chapter is about. It's really the vision that they had that they were just a hundred of men and women who were just overjoyed like I am, that they had found an answer, a solution. They had found a way out, as they say, and they wanted to share that with others who were in such despair like me. You know, when I came in here, um, I don't have pictures to share tonight. Um, just take my word for it. There was another whole body inside this one. And, um, I stopped weighing myself at 220 pounds um, and I'm five, one and a half. Uh, and it was 30 years ago. So lots of things were different about me. Um, but what I know is I came in as a person who was entirely, utterly hopeless, a person who was just defeated. The word defeated, I think they, they just used. And I was definitely one of those people who were defeated. And the main the main thing I was defeated at was playing God. That was the main thing I was defeated at. And, you know, I was not a person who got abstinent right away. It took me a couple of years to put down my alcoholic foods. And, um, and I used to love the, the two paragraphs in the back of this chapter that start with, um, you know, we know only a little. Um, and, to, and I never even knew till years and years and years later that they were in this book. Like I was one of those people that came into Overeaters Anonymous. I might've put my food down, but I didn't really 
understand that the whole purpose of this program was to have a spiritual experience. And that's what I love about this chapter. They repeat that over and over and over again about the spiritual experience. It's kind of subtly worked in here, but if we kind of continue, you know, it talks about, it goes back to talk about Bill and Dr. Bob. It goes, talks again about the whole experience of, you know, Bill's interests and his concerns and his despair and how he then met up with Dr. Bob. Um, and, uh, and to me, that's a reminder of something they also say at the beginning of the book. I just feel like so much of this book is poetic and comes full circle. And they talk in the forward to the second edition, they talk about strenuous work. And I came in here and I thought the steps were the strenuous work. I really thought that four through nine, what could get more strenuous than that? But really the strenuous work is not four through nine or any of the steps. Strenuous work is helping another overeater. The strenuous work is really making the sacrifice in my opinion, to be there so that another compulsive overeater can find some kind of neutrality and peace in this world. And as we all know, that's not an easy task and it's not an easy road. It wasn't for me. I didn't just find neutrality and peace because I did the steps and I willed it. And I, you know, it, it, it's still something I work at. You know, it's still something I work at because these steps are a way of living. They're not, they're not an event. They're a way of living. So, um, and so when I, I look at page 156, when it talks about Dr. Bob, finally, you know, the day that Dr. Bob did all his amends is the official date of the AA, um, of the history of AA. And I always think that's kind of interesting since they, you know, they met so much earlier than that. But um, the, the thing it says on that page is, uh, in the middle of that page on 156, it says, but life was not easy for the two friends, meaning Bill and Dr. Bob. Plenty of difficulties presented themselves. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. And that is the reason we have a program today. Because if they had no interest in remaining spiritually active, they just would have become good friends and gone off into the sunset. <laughs> and that would have been it, which they did. But all that they gave after they became good friends is, is why we're here today. And sometimes I have to ask myself, and I, and I also kind of um, bring this up to people that I work with, and that is, you know, what am I doing to keep spiritually active? Because this 12th step, the 12th step work is very important to keep spiritually And That's Thank 10 you. minutes. Thank you. Thank you so much. This 12th step is important for me to keep spiritually active, but if I'm not growing spiritually, what do I have to offer the person I'm working with? You know, I can offer them my experience, strength, and hope, but my spiritual growth, my spiritual fitness, it's something it already tells me in the book that I have to work at. So I just, you know, I, I like I say, I love that they weave into this chapter as well, that it's not just about bringing the message to other people. It's not that. And, you know, the other thing, I guess I, I, I've learned more so in the last couple of years is that, you know, I can't work step 12 without step 11. If I decide 
who, what, where, when, why I'm going to sponsor, who, what, when, where, why the spiritual work that I'm going to do. If I'm the person who decides all that, that's self-reliance. That's me kind of, you know, mastering or scheming up or managing or becoming the director of my recovery. Everything I do has to be a prayerful process. And step 12 is no exception, in my opinion. 12, the 12 step should be no exception. And that's what I try to practice um, because I always have a hunch, right? We always have a hunch about things. Um, but going to God about the best hunch I've had about working with somebody has really proved to be not always the best, you know, has always proved to be the better thing than me just figuring it out on my own. So um, on page 157, again, it says at the bottom, the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told him about the course of action they carried out. So, you know, it's not just, this is a reminder to me and it's the way that it was given to me and all these years later, continues to be given to me. It's not just about the directions in the book. You know, that's the course of action. I need to hear about the spiritual experience that people have had or are having around me. You know, um, you know, one of the things in that triangle that I've learned about in the fellowship part of the triangle, one of the things I need to be asking myself is, and I'm, I'm still a, a participating and active group member of the very first OE meeting I walked into 31 years ago. Um, and that's become a Zoom meeting and that's morphed into a big book step study, which, you know, it's an act, the meeting itself is 44 years old. Um, but the point is that um, I need to be asking myself, am I spending time in the fellowship where I'm getting nourished spiritually or am I going back to the same groups because it's comfortable? Am I working with people that challenge me spiritually or am I just working with the people I think I'm the most compatible with? Like these are the kinds of things that in my opinion, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that I am really, problem free in these areas you know they can be really challenging but to me that's spiritual growth to me you know really really being guided in prayer and meditation about these decisions are what's important not figuring them out myself but the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and the course of action separate and I kind of understand why um so I love how this chapter also talks about, you know, um, it's just a reminder, right? All through the book, we're constantly getting reminders about the step work and what's really important. And to me on page 158, it's probably the most important um, when it's talking about, I think it's uh, OA number three. Uh, on the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary he had begun to have a spiritual experience. He had found God, it says later on, on the same page, and in finding God, he had found himself. You know, this chapter is telling us that they have the hope that we're gonna go out and start a fellowship that's gonna grow, 
They had, they had the hope that because the only thing that existed was somebody carrying this message, perhaps with the book, no technology, nothing else to really offer them, that their effort in talking about their spiritual experience would perhaps keep, get other alcoholics interested in joining us. And But in this book, they're making it clear that we are going to talk about spiritual experiences. That's what it's about. We're not going to talk about sobriety. Like that's not the emphasis at all in this, in this chapter. And when they talk about, you know, building the fellowship. Um, in fact, in one case, they say that's secondary to talking it, right in this chapter. It says the sobriety part, it's secondary compared to the um, purpose of talking about our spiritual experience. So, um, so it talks a little bit about the history of the program and the, the foibles and the trials and tribulations. Um, and then later it talks about, you know, another man finding his fellowship. But I'm going to jump um, to the back of this chapter. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. And the fact that at that point, I'm going to, before I jump to the back of the, of the chapter, at that point in time, travel would be the only means by which these people could get together. You know, we're so Five minutes. Thank Five you minutes. so much. Um, was the only way that people could get together. You know, it was the only way. And um, I don't know about your area, but in my area, face-to-face -face meetings aren't really happening again. And um, and this book is very, you you, your meeting, asking me to talk on this has gotten me to think about and pray about the idea of starting a face-to-face -face meeting. I've since moved and since COVID. And um, I know there are face-to-face -face meetings that used to be in this area, but they're not here anymore. The whole idea that, you know, travel was the only means then, and it's not the only means now. However, supreme sacrifice is how we get, we stay spiritually fit. And that's one of the things I have to be asking myself. And, you know, there have been meetings that I've started over the 30 years and some of them have dried up completely. Um, and that's because they weren't my meetings. They're God's meetings, you know, like they're, they're not, you know, if, if I had my way, they'd still be going on, you know, right. I want to follow through with them, you know? Um, so I just think that, it's kind of interesting that on page 162, it says, and to me, again, the underlying purpose of this chapter, someday we hope every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship at his destination. Like there's nowhere in the world today you would be able to go and not have access to these meetings unless perhaps technology eluded you. Um, but even then, uh, I'm not so sure that that would be the case. Um, at the bottom, it says, thus we grow. And so can you, though you be but one person with this book in your hand, we believe and hope it contains all you need to begin. I think that's so profound because it is all we need to begin, but we can never do it alone. Like that's the whole idea of step 12. That was Bill's underlying idea that I'm sure came from God that he would need to connect with other people in his same state of despair in order to stay sober and keep his spiritual fitness. And um, so I am gonna jump to that last page, 164. 
And you know, I never realized this on page 164. I always thought it was the last or the, the, the two last uh, paragraphs before the last line, but it's really that paragraph that came before because it says, um, God will determine that meaning people that are concerned that they won't have the strength that the original founders have. God will determine that you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. Again, working step 12 requires me to be in step 11. It can't work step 12 without step 11. And this whole, the whole next two paragraphs, which, you know, most of many of us are most familiar with talks about that triangle because it talks about the recovery, right? We have to get right with God to be right with others. We have to turn everything over to him. We have to make sure our relationship with him is right. And we have to abandon ourselves to him. That's all about the steps. And we all know you can, you can kind of segment all those lines and different words to find the steps in those two paragraphs. But it's also about unity you know it's about the service ask him what you can do for the person who's still sick and the fellowship of the spirit talks about the fellowship you know this is where we join together you know those principles and i'm going to end it here those principles of the program i heard recently that when you've been doing this for a long time and you understand that this is a way of living the numbers aren't there anymore. They fall off of the steps. It's really just about the principles. And I won't spout them all off, but when I think about honesty, when I think about faith and hope, when I think about perseverance and integrity, and I think about bro brotherly love um, and, and the others that remain, that's what step 12 is about. All of that is required in order for us to have had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps and to practice these principles in all our affairs. It happens when we're working with one another. It happens in our homes. It happens at our jobs. It happens in our families, um, among our friends. Like that's what we need to practice these principles in our, all our affairs. And I'll end it there. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was, that was absolutely wonderful. I, um, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing in questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or press star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. So now the meeting's open. Chani, you're up. Yeah, hi, um, I'm Chaney, a compulsive overeater, food addict, and bulimic. Um, thank you so much, Terry, for sharing tonight. Um, that 
was really, really useful to me, especially um, today. So it's, it's great how that works out. Um, always popping on and hearing exactly what you need to hear. So um, thank you so much for sharing your experience. Um, I guess I lately have been um, wondering about how I'm not through the steps yet, but um, have been, I guess, wondering a lot about how to help other people who, um, I guess, suffer from addiction, maybe not food addiction specifically, but people close in my life um, who who have addictions. And I guess I've, I've thought about lately, um, I might need to go, go to Al-Anon or something like that. But I guess my question is for you, Terry, have you um, experienced that in your own life where you've felt like someone close to you um, is someone who could, I guess, use working the steps? And is there any experience that you could, yeah, share on that about how to, how to approach that or not approach that? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks for your question. Um, so I think it's great that you're working the steps and, you know, I think that, that if you, if you're, if you're drawn to do this work, that's probably where God would like to see you anchored. And yes, you know, when we start to get that healing, when it starts to, to begin, we, we, we start to think of those we love and how we want it for them. So I can just tell you my personal experience was I used to go to meetings all the time at the end of the meeting, you know, we'd say the serenity prayer and I would pray for my brother. who's a very, very heavy meth addict. And I would just pray that he would get recovery, right? I would just pray that, you know, God would, would bring him into the rooms and get him recovery. And the irony was I was playing, saying the serenity prayer. And one day it dawned on me that who was I to know what God wanted for my brother? Like, I don't think God wants my brother gone. However, I don't know his choices could lead him to that. I would be very sad. I'd be sad for my mom. Um, but I guess my whole point was today I pray for God's will for him and, and ask God to help show me what I am to do for him. But I have to be very careful because there's a thin line between playing God and praying to God for those that we love. So the only thing I can tell you is that, um, again, maybe, I don't know if you've gotten to step 11 yet, but um, and I don't know if you've gotten to four through nine yet, but um, I don't know that I have the answer for everybody. These 12 steps are an answer for me, but I don't know if they're an answer for everybody because there's other ways to find God. I mean, you know, I, I haven't tried them and I don't know what they are, but other people have. And I listen to some of them, you know, spiritual podcasts. So the only thing I can tell you that's been my experience is to detach from those people by turning them over to God and asking God what he would have me be for them. So I hope that's helpful. And I'd be happy to talk to you offline about it. I put my number in the chat. Now, Amy L, you're up next. Hi everyone, I'm Amy L, I'm recovered compulsive eater, exercise bulimic, and thank you so much, Terry. I um, remembered you from, I, I believe I heard a talk, something about no lurking notions. And um, that phrase in the big book always haunted me because 
I'm one who kind of went in and out the revolving door of OA. And um, I, I clung to those lurking notions. And I just, I was really moved by how you shared about the, the first 100 and their vision. And I, I guess I had never really thought of it. There's so many beautiful passages in this chapter, but that when they call this, that their hope was that this little chip of a book could touch people so that you and I would be sitting here today. And that just really got to me. Um, and I remembered that um, I came in 30 something years ago, but I worked with my first sponsor 20 years ago. And I remember she taught me, this is a we program and the we in the doctor's opinion, it's in the big font. And she said, and if you turn it upside down, it's a me and it's closed on the bottom and the we opens up. And uh, she also taught me about the triangle, uh, not as body, mind, spirit, though I'm sure that's true, but as fellow, fellow men. And she said, we were not meant to face this disease alone. And I can't tell you every time I went out of these rooms, that phrase would haunt me the, we were not meant to face this disease alone. And I think many of us share this disease of isolation. And that was like, I really believe that's what brought me back. There was some, some God in that, that, that no, we, we are human beings. We are not meant to face this alone. And I've since used that word in my work with clients. Um, I feel like it's so profound and, and it starts with that beautiful triangle. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your vision with us. And thanks everyone for being here. Francesca, you're up next. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you for your service. Hi, everyone. I'm Francesca. Very grateful, recovering, compulsive reader, and bulimic. Um, thank you so much, Terry. That was so wonderful. And um, ugh, that was just so wonderful. Something, a couple of the things that I really loved that stuck out is you said um, the sobriety part is second. And I actually just started reading this with my sponsor this morning. And something she pointed out was that um, Dr. Bob or um, Bill when he was in the hotel lobby, he thought about his family and then how he could help someone. And then thank God that like, okay, that urge was removed. So it's like, it's not like, oh, I have to stay sober, then help someone. It's like, no, I have to help someone. Oh, now I get to stay sober. Like, and just this thing too, that you said about, um, that, you know, there's a very thin line in um, praying for God and playing God and that that's the thing that you recovered from the most. Um, and, you know, when you pointed out that, like, you must remember that your real reliance is always upon God, I, that they will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. I was like, oh, that's just relationship ideals. That's with my family. That's with, you know, intimate partners, with friends, like with coworkers, like, if, you know, I perceive someone as being difficult, it's like, well, God put that person there for me as an opportunity. That person is my teacher. And how can like, I 
create that situation as something I crave. Um, and also I've never heard someone talk about this, but, um, about how, um, am I, um, oh, how step 11 and step 12, you know, are connected. And it's like, it's not up to me. And, um, in the meeting, like, am I at the meeting just like for fun or is it, is it challenging me? Like, am I talking to people who have just now become my friends or are they challenging me? And when I, um, yeah, I definitely like I'm on step 12 and it's like, yeah, I'm a sponsor. And it's like, it's definitely something in my mind of like, I want to find someone who's easy. <laughs> it's just like, okay, let's do it. You know, so it can boost my ego, which is, yeah, not what it's meant for. So I just really love um, having you talk about that because I haven't really heard people um, share about that. And um, yeah, I just really um, just sort of saw like in your share and it just like, what am I doing active? What am I doing daily to stay spiritually fit and how there's so little pressure in the way you were sharing because it's not up to you. And what you were sharing about your brother, um, you know, my mother and my two brothers are in um, their own situations. And even for me to say like, oh, well, they're this, they're that, they're addicts. Like, who am I to say that? You know. And um, thank you so much, um, Nancy. Um, and so, yeah, I just, um, I was just really grateful that you said, like that I can ask God, like, what is, you know, your will for my family and how can I support that and ask God, like, please help me to not play you. (laughs) So anyways, thank you so much, Terry. Um, and I pass. Thanks. Before we get to Nancy, I'm going to go ahead and ask Kaylee to stop the recording.